Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we. See you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks where you can hear the rest. A lot of people think their choice is between either being a field Negro or a house Negro, but you have to prepare for the for the possibility the whole plantation might burn down. You might need to get off the whole plantation. Like <laughs> like 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 your only choices aren't uh based on how to live on the plantation. You might need to change your whole way of thinking there might not be a plantation to try to uh cozy up to that's right and you know so you know i i like to associate myself with like-minded people you know i mean I, you know I, i'm not no uh i grew up in the militant era i grew up in that black power movement i was part you know i was as a young guy you know i was very familiar with all of that i grew up that's the era i grew up in you know uh but i don't i consider myself uh if i was to place a label on myself, I guess it was uh, it would be American. I'm American first because I was born in this country. Uh, I happen to be a Black American. I happen to be a descendant of African uh, American, like we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the Africans that were brought to this country and enslaved. But you know, I'm a citizen of these United States. Hell, I I I earned the right. I did, you know, I inherited the right as any other person who's a citizen in the, of this country. So I don't give a dang if you white, black, Chinese, purple, green. It don't make me no difference. You know, I don't associate myself with any kind of political party or any particular movement. I do believe in survival. I do believe our. I believe in uh, the survival of our communities. You know, uh, and in my movement, because you asked me earlier, how how do I perceive what I do now? What, you know, I, I look at that whatever knowledge or whatever information I have, I believe in sharing that knowledge with that with our community. You know, I, I believe that if there's anything like, you know, I got that military stuff, I got that medical stuff, I got this and that, you know. I believe in doing the same thing folks who don't look like me do. You know, they take that information, they take their skill set, they take the, the things they learn, and they pass it on to the people that they care about that hopefully may, if needed one day, will enhance their survival. And that's how I look at it. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. You know, when I, the training I'm doing, I'm sharing it with uh, our community that one day, if they ever need it, that's just uh, uh, something else in their toolbox that they can use. Something I noticed, something I noticed um, big time with a lot of stuff that you're talking about that these white people are doing, they try to make it sound benign. When you see it in action, you start realizing something is up. And for example, there's this thing that I see a lot of gun groups do where for some reason, you know, they never really explain why, but they want to have these pro-gun marches in the hood. 
That's intimidation. That's the intimidation factor. That's what that is. Yep. Yeah. And, and and I think they tried it in several places, but then they tried it in uh Houston and those brothers ran him out of there. I think it was a the, the Huey Newton gun club. Yeah, uh, Huey P. Newton black, gun club. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. a black a black mm-hmm. gun club basically uh ran them out. So it's like people think, Oh, if we're buying into this stuff, uh we're buying into something bad or something racist, but you know, sometimes you have to do it even if it's just to match what your enemies might be doing. You see a lot with this MMA stuff too. A lot of these people, they're getting into this MMA stuff on with some race war motivation, not not with some just self improvement thing. Because when this when this MMA craze popped up, Mario and I discussed this. There was suddenly this weird popping up of a rash of videos of these white guys in the hood fights with people in the hood so that they could bust out some. MMA moves on them, or some some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's, I mean, what you said is you 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 hitting it all upside the head. I mean, and what everything you just said is true. And the same thing they doing is the same thing we in our communities need to be doing. And see, uh, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, you know, I mean, uh, you know, a lot there's a lot of guys who have a lot of different skill sets and a lot of lot of the stuff. You know, I just have to say stuff we learned in the military. Uh, learn uh, maybe they had a profession in law enforcement, but a lot of that stuff comes, uh, especially guys coming out of the military, they may have been in certain types of units in the military, special operations units, you know, special forces, uh, some of the more elite units in the military, and you get a lot of damn good training. And so what you see a lot in a lot of the white communities, especially in, uh, with a lot of the right uh, the right wing movements and uh, some of these white supremacy organizations, a lot of their friends or a lot of the people uh, that they may know of, they'll you know they'll come back home and they'll train their folks and they'll train their families and they'll train their community on a lot of the stuff they learned in the military. Or they'll find these guys who are like ex uh, Delta uh, or Delta unit Delta guys, SEALs, and stuff like that, who have certain skill sets. A lot of these guys are no longer in the military, but that's their occupation now. They travel the world or the country training folks who will pay to bring them in and basically train them on some of the skills they learned while they were in the military in these elite units. And so it is not just firearms, but it's also in combatives, uh, close quarter battle, the, the like the, what you're talking about, MMA and uh, the martial arts stuff, the jujitsu, the Krav Maga, stuff like that. You know, because it's sometimes, you know, uh, if I'm right up on you, you might not be able to employ your weapon. You, your weapon's going to be them, your hands, knees and elbows and, and, and feet. You know, so yeah, so it's it's just a uh, it's just an all around approach. You know, so what you're saying is absolutely true, and it's not all. I, I would just say this: I'm not going to just say it's a uh, it's a racial connotation associated with it. But I will say this: a lot of the guys who are involved in a lot of those right wing organizations, <laughs> they big into that stuff. Getting oh, the yeah, getting yeah. the tactics, oh, yeah. yeah, getting the tactical training, getting the hand to hand combat training. They getting all of that because they are planning for something to go down in this country. And I want to make it clear. I don't want people to think I'm saying any white guy who's into shooting at the gun range or every white guy who gets an interest in MMA is doing it for right, a exactly. race war. 
But a lot of the racists who are worried about a race war are doing those things. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's that. That's only make. Com- I mean, that's good. That's good common sense. I mean, that's what we call training. That's preparedness. That all falls. It ties in together. They learn in the medical stuff, which is what I do. They do a lot of the medical training from guys like me, but don't look like me. They get the tactical training, the firearms training. They get the martial arts training. Oh yeah. Because they they have that warrior mindset, and that's what that's what we lacking. You know, our communities. You know, we lack that warrior mindset. You got too many guys walking around with pantyholes tied around their head when they need to be out there getting it on. You know, conditioning, training. You know, I mean, so you know, you know the uh, the feminization of the black man. You know, a lot of us we don't have that warrior. Uh, well, I ain't gonna say a lot of uh, we don't. But I would say there is a lot who don't. There's a lot of us who do. But unfortunately, is I think uh, once again, like I said earlier, you know, we pay we playing catch up when it comes to that kind of stuff. And it's really a shame because we've always we you know people such as yourself and you named a bunch of others earlier on in the discussion. We've had these resources in our community for a long time. People that have this level of expertise and know how and are willing to teach. We've had that the know-how in the community, but we haven't always had the desire to seek it out and get it. And then you spoke earlier about just now about the the, the warrior mindset. A lot of our warriors um, that have the ability and the willingness to be warriors don't have the the direction, the right sense of the, the compass to be pointed in the right direction. And so what ends up happening is we do things that are destructive to the overall health of our community. And a lot of the warriors end up behind bars in prison. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm no saying? Doubt. Because oh, yeah. they say, okay, this dude, we're going to get them up off the street. So our warriors, they're either caught up in sports, right? Or they're caught up in the prison industrial complex. Exactly. And there's not too many of us that are still running around here on the streets. And so we need to find a way to... Um, to marshal our resources that we have, that that have the willingness, that have the ability, that have the know-how, and kind of get everything together, man. And I, I kind of see what what you're doing is a is a a service because we got a lot of people that that teach how to shoot and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and that's mm-hmm. a great that's one part of it. But your part specifically is what I want to focus on um, in the remaining time that we have because this is a piece of the puzzle that's missing. Um, right. And uh, I know you we follow each other on, on IG. Mm-hmm. And so you see me, you know, my, you kind of oh, know yeah. where I'm coming from a little bit. You know my background. And um, a lot of my, my homies have died um, out in the streets over some mess. And what ends up happening a lot of times in the urban community is you'll have these shootings that where the people can possibly survive. But because it takes so long for uh, emergency personnel to show up and give that life-saving treatment, they end up bleeding out right there on the sidewalk. And so the training that you provide, and let's talk about that a little bit, is uh, that life-saving treatment that could fill in that gap between the time when, you know, an EMT can get there, you know, versus, you know, because it's precious seconds, right? We only got a precious amount of minutes that you can have to apply stuff in order to, to save lives. So let's talk about that a little bit, man. Um, what you do now and, and, and uh, the training that you provide in that aspect. 
Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, definitely. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like as far as the entrance itself as a carryover from the military. Like I said, I spent 23 years in the Army as a combat medic, you know, done dealt with a whole lot of stuff. You know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, some I mean, some good, you know, I ain't gonna say good stuff. Good when a person survives, uh, but everybody don't survive. But uh, so anyway, uh, so that that interest kind of like really started from there. And so uh, with the rise of especially like what we was talking about earlier, with the two way community guys exercising the right to bear arms. And, you know, uh, you got, you know, nowadays everybody is strapped. Everybody's carrying some some kind of weapon. So unfortunately, what happens is, especially in our in our communities, just like you just stated, when something when we have a medical emergency, uh, there's two things that's going to kill you the fastest. That's a loss of blood, okay, uh, where you bleed out, bleed to death, or you're not breathing, okay. So while you know right away, a lot of times what you have something is happening where the person that got hurt, maybe they got shot, stabbed. Or it could be something like uh, like you got a little child in, in the kitchen. Uh, you told them, put that knife down. That's playing in the kitchen. And they run around, fall on top of the knife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or a fork. And so now they got this uh, this injury to a major blood vessel or a major, uh, yeah, major artery in there in where basically they're bleeding to death. And the thing what a lot of folks may not know is depending on what, what artery or which vessel was hit, you got a matter of minutes. You're going to bleed out. If, if someone doesn't does do something to stop the loss of that bleeding, you're going to bleed to death. It is just that simple. You got to stop the loss of blood. Uh, the body pumps the entire circulatory volume of the blood system uh, every minute. And the average person has 4,700 to 5,000 cc's of blood. Your body can pump your heart as it when it contracts, it's pushing that blood through the arterial system. You can basically bleed out in, in, in less than in five minutes or less, depending on your medical condition, uh, your physical condition and what you were doing prior to that injury taking place. So now the heart is pumping faster, is beating faster, mm -hmm. is pushing that blood out faster. So what happens is someone gets hurt in our community. If it's a bad neighborhood where normally maybe in a, in a in a safer or maybe we'll say a nicer neighborhood, EMS might show up in a matter of minutes. But in some of our communities, EMS ain't in no hurry to get there. You know what I'm saying? They wait for police escort. Uh, they always get calls. There's always a lot of shootings and stuff going on. So the, their response time, instead of a few minutes, it might be 15, 20 minutes before they even show up. So if you're not trained to stop that person from bleeding, continue to bleed out, that person is going to be dead before EMS even shows up. Someone has a heart attack or something and where they're no longer breathing, okay? Uh, every minute that passes by uh, is going to either result in a permanent brain damage or loss of life. If you're not trained to do CPR where you can at least uh, simulate the uh, uh, the contraction of the heart and getting air into that person's body, which uh, the blood carries oxygen. So basically you're doing what the lungs and the heart would do, but you're doing it externally. You're compressing the force that heart is squeezing the heart and is pushing that blood out. And the air that you're blowing is oxygenated. It has some type of oxygen in it. So you're, you're continuing to provide oxygen to those cells. If you don't know how to do that, the person... The cells start to die, the organs start to shut down, the body dies. So basically what I'm doing is 
because I know our community, a lot of times we have a lot of the health and medical related issues already that a lot we're not necessarily in the best health anyway. I know yeah. a lot of times in our community, 911 ain't in no hurry to get there. So mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is teach the folks that as many people as I can is what can you do to try to sustain life until help gets there? Basically, I'm trying to teach them how to buy that person some time to give them more time while we wait for the EMS to show up. And you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be an EMT. You don't have to be a paramedic. You don't have to have any kind of medical background. It's some basic stuff with the basic knowledge and the basic equipment like the tourniquets, the dressings, the chest seals, the stuff that we use in our class. I can teach anybody. We A person can teach anyone on how to do that. And so that's ba- that's basically what I'm doing, you know, and uh, and my focus is our community. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.